Happy Friday, Sleepers Nation. But if you would join me, please, in a moment of silence to kick off this episode as we remember Riley Fridays in the era that it once was. Thank you. We now convene the Sleepers episode. As you can see, Riley Davis is no longer with us. Okay, I'm, I can't do that. Riley's fine. Uh, he's just not here, and he will be here next week, I think. That's it. Sorry. I was really trying to play into that. <laughs> no, it, it's fine, but I do have some actual words for this because uh, I've had time to reflect since Riley said he wouldn't be able to show up. Riley ditched me for another light-skinned guy to hop on a podcast with, and that hurts. Mm. It did happen. It did. He's happen. also with Carabasso, so it's like you're Carabasso's. I'm Joel Berry. I, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I'll be Joel Berry. Uh, Riley dished us for for them. First off, it's not Joel Berry. It's Joel Berry. <laughs> it's not. It's not Joel Berry. No, it's it's Joel Berry. Joel Berry the second. <laughs> Correct. Uh, yeah, Riley's just out here gallivanting with North Carolina legends. Uh, he's not here. It is what it is. He did ask us if we could record Thursday night instead. We're recording Thursday morning. The answer was a hard no because it's date night in the Waddell household. And ladies and gentlemen, your boy's excited. We got a sitter for the first time in about three months. So with all due respect to Riley Davis, I simply have to prioritize my family and my wife, uh, the big Mal, Mallory Waddell, love her to death. Uh, so we're going to dinner. We're going to have a nice little night tonight. Sorry, Riley. And okay. sorry, listeners, that Riley's yeah, not here. Can I get an itinerary breakdown? Like, what what restaurant are we hitting? Like, are we going like pre dinner drinks, after dinner drinks, maybe like post dinner darts or something? Like, what's what's on the itinerary? None of that has been decided yet, which honestly leaves me very excited for the mystery of this. But uh, no, we still have we got a bunch of like restaurant gift cards for Christmas. That there's this millennial restaurant group in Kalamazoo that are all like the nicest restaurants in town. And we haven't used any of them because we're parents. And when you're parents and you make your daughter dinner, you usually just like make a lean cuisine and barely eat yourselves. So yeah, we're excited. We're going to go out and have a nice little night. Probably we'll have a glass of wine or two. Uh, we'll see where the night takes us from there. So sorry, listeners, no Riley Davis. That's on me. Uh, but Riley is alive and well, and just interviewing North Carolina legends. It is what it is. Glass of wine. Do you drink wine? Yeah. I, I literally had no clue that you drank wine. I thought you just weren't a wine guy. No, I'm a, I'm a wine guy for sure. Like a good cab. You have a favorite? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a good cab. When I'm trying to be healthy, cab. Um, although I like like sweeter white wines when I'm not trying to be healthy. So I don't know yeah. what that is. All right. All right. Okay, I respect that. I recommend you. I'm not a wine drinker whatsoever, but I mean, I'm not like a wine connoisseur, so I'm not going to pull out like some 1982 fresh age overnight in seven barrel Merlot or anything like that. But uh, very common. It's the decoy brand. It's got like that duck on it. You probably seen it. They got different kind of versions of it. That yeah. cab is fire. Yeah, fire, fire. I've heard that's good. I was at uh, like I, I was just buying wine at the liquor store the other day, and I think it was pre Valentine's Day. I get my wife a bottle of wine for Valentine's Day, and uh, I did walk by and see a stand that had James Harden wine. I don't know what that is, but apparently James Harden has a wine label. And I don't know how to feel about that, but it's been stuck in my mind that I need to try that wine. You got to. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Let's get to the show today, though. We do have some fun topics. Big commitment headed to Kevin Willard's house. Uh, we have rumors of maybe a Miller brother joining the Big Ten in the coaching ranks. And uh, we do have one other. We want to do another path that we were doing in the beginning of the week. Uh, those videos are really fun. So we'll see where that goes. Card start us off with our YouTube comment of the day. Let's go here. Uh, Got to scroll a little bit to find a positive one today. Not really that much great reaction to our uh, a message to the fans, Purdue and UConn videos about the rivalry. So just give me a give me a quick moment here uh, if you want to stall. I can stall. Um, I can't stall. I don't have anything else. I'm pretty gassed at this point. No, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Um, let's go. Let's go with this one. Let's go with Caden Hunter. I understand Ohio State is one of the worst teams in the Big Ten and just fired their head coach, but a quad one loss isn't a bad loss. 
especially against a hungry team who has something to prove with possibly the biggest problem being gone now. Very talented team, and it always has been. And that comment I picked because it had me thinking about another tweet that I saw from a friend of the show, Sam Vecini. And he brought up the conversation that like quads and net and things like that are kind of like jading or kind of ruining the analysis of like basketball teams, greatness and their wins and things like that. And I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. Like, I know we're, we're Ken Palm people. Uh, we are analytics uh, truthers and we believe in that. But do you think like quads and quad one and quad two sometimes jades things a little bit? Yeah, I I don't like that it's become like a just a like a math equation almost. It's like what what is the number? I do think like eye test should still matter in all of this. Like just watch some teams and tell me if they're good or not. And I think that is lost in this. Uh, from a viewer's perspective, I know that's that's not how you should justify a team making the tournament or not, but I think it is an important part of the conversation that seems to not get brought up ever anymore. Yeah, like I, I get it. It is a quad one loss, and you that that's that's a thing for sure. You should definitely own that. I think people who have watched Ohio State this season would agree that that's that's an awful loss. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Vicini last night on Twitter who called out the quad system as like maybe being one of his biggest frustration points with watching basketball these days. It's like, I just said this point in the season, everything is like, well, what's your quad record? I don't, I do care. It matters for bubble teams, but I, that's not the way to evaluate what teams are good and what teams aren't. And uh, can we come up with our own quad system? Yeah. I still want our own like analytics site. I did. So do I. Yeah. Dog and it's gonna be it's gonna be simple though because it's like one tab. It's gonna be like click here for good teams, click here for bad teams. What what team would have the most or the highest dog in them rankings at this point in the season? I think I'd put Seton Hall. I know actually Iowa State would be one for me. Okay. Iowa State be one. I think UConn would still be up there. Um. And then some collection of like Seton Hall, Purdue. Um, I don't know who else would be like the fifth, but those would be the teams that come to mind. I think Auburn would be up there, even though they are bullies yeah. that need to pick up on the or beat up on their own size. But we could have yeah, two. Auburn, yeah, Auburn's, metrics, Auburn's in there too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, to the Discord, if you want to join the Discord, we would love to see you in there. It is the premier way to support this very program, especially as we head into the off season. Uh, we are still planning to do daily episodes after the season ends. We're going to have a lot of portal stuff, portal announcement videos, portal commitment videos, speculating where players will go, maybe doing breakdowns of their games, and a lot more as well. Uh, your support is the number one thing that will help us as we get there. Anyone who pays to be in the Discord, that's going directly to keep the lights on as we uh, continue to try and grow Sleepers Media. So $9.99 a month, join on your desktop or laptop, and then you can download the app on your phone. We read comments from the Discord every single day, which is where we start today. Painters Petting Zoo alumni says, does UConn go as Cam Spencer goes? I've always believed he was the spark plug for this team that ignites a lot of what they do energy-wise. This isn't me asking if he's their best player necessarily, but is it kind of MSU-ish where instead of the team goes as initials goes, UConn goes as Cam Spencer goes? So we we touched on this slightly in our last episode. I'm of the belief that it's Caravan, um, but you know I I think those stats don't lie with Cam Spencer. I think that they do uh, count on him a lot. And when you take a step back, is that a scary thought? I don't think so. I actually yeah. believe in Cam Spencer. I, I I believe in Cam Spencer too. I do, but like. Obviously, you want your team to go as your, I don't know, your most dependable player. Like, that would be that'd be the most ideal. Well, I think – I just think Klingon is what he is every game. I think mm-hmm. the guy who actually may shift how good or bad they are on a game-to-game basis is Tristan Newton for me because he's a guy who could shoot them in or out of a game. Um, but, yeah, Cam Spencer, it's like if, if Spencer is his A-plus game, they become unbeatable. And if he's their F game, they are a lot more one-dimensional because it all falls on Newton. So I am I would be fine saying they do go as Spencer goes, but much like Michigan State, if Spencer is Hogard, Newton is Walker. And in reality, in March, 
you need 30 point games from Newton, not 16 point games, no matter what Cam Spencer does. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this is from Guy. We have a lot of questions coming up specifically for Bluffs, a.k.a. Riley Davis. So uh, I would like you to answer them on behalf of Riley Davis. This is from Guy. He says, happy Bluffs Friday. Riley, what player do you think made the long shorts go out of style? I think it was Jordan Poole doing the Drake dance in the middle of Chrysler for Michigan socials, but it might well have been UNC legend Marcus Page. Do you prefer the long shorts, what they are now, or Stockton era shorts? I think they are at the perfect length now. So I've always been more of a long short guy just because I don't know how you want to take this, but like I'm a little bit insecure about my kneecaps. Like I have great legs, like I would be great in short shorts, but I'm insecure about my kneecaps. So I, I, you know, I don't think you need the Marcus Page, John Henson level shorts. Don't know if you need it of the short shorts of like the Lester uh, Quinones and the Jordan Pools of the world, but something just about two and a half inches, maybe above the knee is probably where I would cut it off. I think Lulu Lemon does a great job with that, um, as well as Vineyard Vines. They have some very nice kind of lightweight corduroy shorts that go good for any boating activities and or summer uh, escapades. All right. Was that you answering as Riley or you answering as you? That was me answering as Riley. Okay. I just want to make sure that didn't seem like yourself, but we're going to move on. Uh, Malik Perry says, if Purdue isn't in the Big Ten finals, would that be a big surprise? Yes, it would. Yes, it would. I'll be stunned if Purdue doesn't win the Big Ten tournament, point blank. Uh, reg- yeah, I agree. Regress um, says, oh, no, sorry. This is Malik Perry. 47 more points and Tyson Walker get 2K points. Should they hold the ceremony at East Lansing or what? Just we got to win games, man. We got to win games. <laughs> we got to win games. Anybody is anyone going to get the one more year chance at senior day this year? No. I might go. I might buy a ticket to just sit in the stands and scream one more year when it's AJ and Mahdi time. That'd be fun. Why? Be some great content. Uh, hey, Cart, what'd you get your mom for Mother's Day? What'd I get my mom for Mother's Day? Yeah. Um, let me think. Uh, a bike. That seems like a lie. <laughs> I'm trying to think. When 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 is Mother's Day? You know. <laughs> so you don't know when Mother's Day is, but you got your mom a bike. So I know it was a. I know I've got her a bike recently. I just can't remember what Mother's Day it was for. To be honest, so you with you, you got to... her a bike recently. Yeah, I know it was like within the last five Mother's Days. Oh, okay, so sometime in the last five years, you bought your mother a bike, and that's what you got for her Mother's, her Day. Mother's Day. I just can't. I know that we did. I know we did dinner at Ocean Prime. That's their favorite spot. I can't remember the gift though. Actually, no, I got it. I know it was um, it was it was uh, Skims pajamas. This is all a lie. This seems like a. Very- I swear, to, I swear to God, it's no, Skims it's, pajamas. It took you forty-five seconds to come up with something you didn't get her five years ago. Maybe that's crazy. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll move on. Fam says my hashtag bluffs Friday comment is he's a fraud for not joining the Discord and is two months late in counting. As a fellow man of God, this is disappointing. Hashtag hurt. Hashtag bluffs the fraud. My real bluffs Friday comment is what scripture verse has been speaking to you recently. Uh, cart 315. Which is what? He ain't that. <laughs> uh, and then a follow-up from fam for cart. When's the last time you've been to church? Um, so I am, a. I don't know what the term is. Uh, I, I grew up, you know, Catholic family going to the church. Uh, but nowadays I only get there like on the, the holidays. So, you know, Christmas mass, Easter mass, uh, Lent, Matt, you know, like just the, the major, the major, uh, holidays. Hmm. That's actually more than I've been to church recently. So kudos to you. Um, 
Also, fam follows up and says, nothing personal, Cart. I truly do love the dynamic of how Bluffs and you grew up so different. Two completely different people, but are sharp hoop minds. Greg middling the whole thing is perfect and separates y'all from the field. Hashtag fam's alley-oops. Hashtag help your guys succeed. Thank you, fam. We always appreciate your role on a Bluffs Friday. Ryan the Lion says, uh, question for Riley. Do you know who I am? If yes, awesome, go Heels. If no, Coach K owns your sorry program, and I hate everyone, including Brady Manic. Join the Discord. Okay. Uh, Riley does know who you are, Ryan the Lion. Um, I also want to address something. I don't think me and Riley have the same upbringing. <laughs> That's it. Next comment. Uh, <laughs> Riley Davis is, I think, maybe the most avid listener of sleepers these days. Uh, so want to give him some love, uh, even though he's not here. Although I do enjoy the Riley roast for not joining the discord. Tristan Freeman says question for Riley. What's it like having a guard that doesn't go two for 15 from the field every other day? Well, you know, I, instead of having a guy that goes two for 15, they got a guy that goes, uh, you know, two for seven with five generational bounce passes to go along with five generational turnovers. Here's the question for us in honor of this losing ass discord, which fans have it the worst in here outside of Michigan? Uh, you know what Homer answer, but I think it's gotta be Michigan state. Like we, we're the preseason top five team. And now like, look at us now you're going to make the tournament. That's, that's a selfish answer. It's so it's, so it's Michigan. Well, it is Michigan, but he said outside of Michigan, Indiana. Um, we have Indiana fans in the Discord for sure. Oh, so I forgot we got Doctor Doctor in the house. Yeah, and Sean Bob. I, think I, I feel bad for my Indiana fans. Um, and like honestly, the funniest fan this week for me has been Sully. Sully's been he he just I mean he he's a Kentucky fan. We got a couple Kentucky fans. UK is in here now too, and uh, they're just hilarious. Like they they lose well. I enjoy talking to them and reading their stuff when they lose. It's very funny. But you would not think that they are <laughs> that like you would just think they're rooting for Michigan the way they respond to a Kentucky so, loss. It's crazy. So Lee's comment literally 48 hours before the LSU game literally goes, just so you know, LSU plus six and a half has never been more of a go. They always lose games when I when I'm at work. And we're it's just so looking, good. we're like, what? And it literally ended up coming true. Five minutes after the game, gotta told you with a tap. <laughs> like oh, he's right, he's right, Sully's right. Uh, Sean Vowell says best coaching tantrum slash ejection. Hmm. Justin. Uh, I mean, shout out to Indiana and RIP to Bob Knight. I, my favorite is the, the chair throw. Hmm. I think the best tantrum I've ever seen truly is Fran staring down the ref when they were down 12. And then, because it immediately proceeded to come back that made it legendary. Um, just a why like Fran McCaffrey can do whatever he wants. It's hilarious to me. That was great, actually. Sully, who is now going by CBB sucks. Go WWE and John Cena says need a new hobby outside of college basketball. Any thoughts? Hmm. Don't do golf. Wouldn't recommend that. Um, like this is an area of expertise for you. When Michigan State loses a game, you look for new hobbies. Yeah, I do. Um. You know what? I'll keep it simple. I would go buy a Kindle. I would go buy a Kindle and just buy a book or two and just go from there. Hmm. I've tried to get into painting. Really? Yeah. Are you like a drawing artistic type? I am. You are. Okay. I never knew that. Like I you're you're an art you're an artistic type to me, but not like the drawing, like more like with words, writing, you know, things like that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I I haven't I mean, it's been a very long time, but I always considered myself a solid drawer. I used to draw a lot in school days. Yeah, I only dropped out of one class in college, and it was it was art one hundred and one. That's sad. Never That's been sad. In, never been in a harder class in my whole life. That's crazy. Yeah, go just go buy like a blank canvas and some paint and see what happens. It's kind of kind of calming. That could be a good thing for Kentucky fans right now. Tony says, as you know, I have supported Fletcher Lawyer to a fault. I still think he can be a really good player. If you look at his sports reference offensive and defensive ratings the last two games, they are hideous, like end of the bench bad. 
Minnesota offensive rating 51, uh, defensive rating 126. That's freaking minus 75. Ohio State minus 30. I actually blame the staff more than him. We don't seem to care about getting him looks. In the Maui games, he took 23 threes. He's taken 14 the last six games. I don't think it's a coincidence we have not been as sharp offensively. Yeah, I mean, I think we've been, I think we have stayed pretty consistent the whole year saying that. And, you know, I think some of that early on in the year came at the expense of Lance Jones because we were like, everyone's so worried about Lance, Lance, Lance. And we're like, yeah, like Lance is a piece. But when we pick Purdue to go to Final Fours, it's because they're getting Fletch involved. Like Fletcher is a part of that. Fletcher is a piece in that. And I just think that needs to be, that needs to be recognized and you need to do whatever you can to get him going. Because I think that, I'm not saying the season hinges on him, but Purdue's ceiling has Fletcher playing well involved. Yep. Different team, different ceiling when you have the quote-unquote fourth guy playing that way. I still think at their best, Fletcher's the third guy on this team. And I know that'll get some people ticked off at me, but um, I like Lance in the chaos agent role. Lance can get you 20. He can get you two. He can still impact the other games in other ways. Fletcher Lawyer can't impact the game if he's not scoring the basketball. Use that. Use his scoring and then uh, play to your player strengths. You still have Edie and Smith, but you need a third guy. It should be Fletch to me. All right, that's the comments for the week. Shout out to everybody in the Discord. We appreciate you keeping this show uh, going smoothly. This is the final day of Positivity Week, Cart. Do you want to uh, say anything positive before we get to our final topics? You know, I don't think I've ever seen you with a blemish. You have really good skin. And that upsets me because I know for a fact you don't have a skincare routine. <laughs> put me on blast man that's brutal it's great but you have great skin i actually don't have great skin at all uh that's just a misevaluation on your part you're right now what you're doing is you're dane fifing and i'm foster lawyer but, but like you i like i don't think i i think maybe once or twice and we've seen each other a good amount of times i've seen you have like a blemish or breaking out like i i'd like I, I do skincare and I still break out like constantly. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I mean, now we're just getting gross and detailed. Uh, I don't break out in traditional breakout ways, but I have very irritable skin. Uh, I get rashes often, which is unfortunate and unfortunate for my daughter, who's already experiencing some of my very pale skinned rash side effects. Not great. Okay. Can you put, uh, actually, never mind. Let's move on. Can I hear what you were going to ask? Are, is there such thing as baby tanning beds? Okay, that's a crazy, crazy, crazy thing. No, there are not such things as baby tanning beds. Could we start that, though, in theory? Like, safe for the health, infant tan utensils? I'm saying if, it, if we could 100% assure that there is no type of side effects or anything like that, th I think probably seven out of every... I'm just saying, like, if you think about it, seven out of every 10 mothers probably does some form of tanning, like, you know, spray tan, uh, the the wipe on tan stuff, the tan lotion, tanning beds. That could be one, a market you could attack because they want their daughter to experience that. Maybe they want to experience that together. I just love podcasting with you. I really do. Like, we we do not come into an episode with... 90% of the humorous things we stumble upon planned. This is a great example of it. It's just so good. Uh, also, keep in mind for future sleepers bets, punishing me by making me get a spray tan would be a great one. That'd be hilarious. Honestly, would you? what would happen if you got a spray tan? Like, Could that be a punishment for you too? Not, not really. I don't know what it would do. I might just make you do it just for the process. I mean, I would, I would feel honestly the most embarrassing part of that, that process would be like, baby, looking at me like, why the, why are you in here for a spray tan? And like, I gotta like, I think you gotta be like, I don't know if you're like, I've never been in one, so like, I don't know if you're naked. Like, do I gotta put on a speedo? Like, the whole process of it would kill me. Yeah, that that might be a punishment for our next next bet, and I might need it to happen before the NCAA tournament because me pulling up with a spray tan to the final four would be so funny. <laughs> 
Yeah. Also, if I do get you to do the bet with the spray tan, I want you to get a spray tan while you're wearing a basketball jersey so you have tan lines. That's fun. That's very fun. All right, let's get to the show. Uh, big commitment in Big Ten circles. Derek Queen is headed to Memphis. This is bad news for Indiana fans who did think that they had a chance of landing Derek Queen. Derek Queen, Montverde Academy. He is listed as a center. Uh, I don't know necessarily. I guess he's probably going to be like a true five, but at Maryland, there's a chance you're playing next to Julian Reese. Like he might end up playing some four on that team. I think that's my assumption, at least five-star kid though. Anytime the big 10 conference get a five-star, we get excited. He had offers from Kansas and Houston among other schools. So it's a big time get for Kevin Willard and the boys. Uh, Anytime a five-star recruit wants to commit to a team that's CBI bound, that's, Big time. What are your thoughts on Derek Queen? You are our prep basketball specialist. Yeah, so I'm I'm a massive fan of Derek Queen's. I always have been. I think if you go back, we were talking about, you know, Indiana fans. There's a world where like this season doesn't matter because next season you got Liam McNeely, Boogie Flan, Derek, Derek Queen. And Derek Queen really factors into that. Um, he's extremely skilled. Uh, always make the right play. He's a below the rim big, which I know a lot of people don't really like nowadays. Like that's, that's something that deters people. But to me, I just think that he is a player that is going to be a mismatch because he can keep people off balance. I think he has great footwork. I think he has the ability to rebound the ball at a high level. I think that he can um, pass the ball as well. And he's has shown that his jumper is, you know, serviceable. So like, I think you can play him at the four, and I don't think he's a one and done five star type. So like you might get sophomore junior year Derek Queen and he's like, you know, doing a lot of things. Um, I'm trying to see like who I would compare him to. And this is going to get absolutely blown out of proportion. And I'm very sorry for this. But gee, he is like a Drew Timmy-esque player in my eyes. Like the what? way they play. Yeah, I think he's Timmy-esque. That's the cop. I yeah. Wow. Okay. And I don't and I don't and I don't think he's gonna be as prolific as Drew Timmy. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, that's but one I of the be- that's one of the I, best bigs in college basketball recent memory. Like offensively. I, I I think that Derek Queen has that ability in his game. Is he? He's not gonna be. He's he's not gonna be Drew Timmy. He's gonna be <laughs> gonna be Timmy esque. Can you be Drew Timmy without being like a four-year bucket though? Like that's the whole thing with Timmy was like he was never going to the league and he dominated for four years. What's the projection on Queen? Well, that's the thing. I don't I don't necessarily see like an NBA like dominant future for because I just don't think like kind of below the rim bigs like his size that aren't just like seven feet tall uh, kind of go to the league. I think like he's going to be a guy who's going to be at Maryland for at least three years. Okay. Interesting. I mean, I think it's rare with any McDonald's All-American in this day and age that we're like, he's going to be here for three years. But um, I guess you could have done that with like Hunter Dickinson back in the day. Like it was never obvious that he was going to go to professional basketball quickly. Um, I think the big thing for me with this, like obviously he's a good player. I'm very excited that the Big Ten is getting a talent at this level because you've heard me complain about the freshman class this year. I don't really think there's a world where Derek Queen doesn't make an impact. Like this is not no offense to you. This is not Xavier Booker where it's like, oh, he could be really good, but what if he's not even playing? Derek Queen's going to be really good right away. I don't really think there's a world where he's a non-rotation player unless Julian Reese is back and he's backing up Julian Reese. Like what, what happens roster wise if Reese is back at Maryland? So I think that he plays the four originally next to Reese. And then I think that sophomore year, Derek Queen is like the starting five. Uh, maybe they bring like a stretch four with him or like a four who's like a like an Anton Watson type four Well, I'm on the Timmy type train. And those two pair up together, and I think they're, you know, a dynamic front court. Okay. He's, I mean, he's he's under like he's also undersized at center. Like he has a, he has a wingspan, like seven foot wingspan, I think, but he's also six nine. Yeah. Um... So Look, he. I like any kid that's on a team with Cooper Flag and leads the team in scoring and rebounding. Like that's that's who we have here, right? He's the he's Cooper Flag's teammate and he leads the team in scoring and rebounding. He's very good. Uh, I I just don't. Man, how can I say this without being disrespectful? He's from Baltimore, and I respect any kid that stays home. 
I don't know why you would commit to Maryland right now if you're Derek Queen. Uh, you had an offer from Houston. You had an offer from Houston. And you're going to play for Kevin Willard, potentially next to Julian Reese for a year. That is some all-time baffling, huh, for me? And look, I get like one one player can swing everything. Derek Queen might be better than Julian Reese when he walks in the door. I don't know. But if they try to play Queen and Reese together, that's going to be a complete disaster. Like, take everything we said about Indiana with Ware and Renew. Ware and Renew are both way more skilled from the outside than Reese and Queen are. So it's going to be ugly. You remove Jameer Young from this team. The other player in this class is a three-star for Maryland. Like, Willard's going to have to do some work in the portal. And I, like, honestly, if I'm Queen, I think I'm hoping Julian Reese departs and you're just starting clean. Yeah, I you know I I wouldn't be surprised if Julian Reese goes portaling. I could see that, but he's also like Julian Reese. I mean, at least shout out to Maryland for holding down Baltimore. Like they're getting Maryland guys, like Julian Reese, DMV guy. Like they're they're getting all the DMV guys. So at, at worst, Maryland and Willard are doing that. They got Deshaun Harris Smith. They're getting all the DMV guys. Now they just gotta, I don't know, actually put it together. But like. There is Deshaun Harris Smith starting on this team next year. Probably. Okay. So we're, we're looking at a team that might have Deshaun Harris Smith, Jamie Kaiser, maybe a portal guard, Derek queen and Julian Reese. That's the best case scenario. Or Reese leaves. Are we, are we changing what's broken about this team this year? They're missing the tournaments. They can't shoot. Yeah. Well, what's broken about this, this team isn't changing. It would change if Reese left. Or Maybe. Willard wasn't the coach. Actually, it might not change if if Deshaun Harris Smith's on this team in a big role. It's not changing. <laughs> a little, little little summer work for Deshaun Harris Smith comes back with a personal jumper. I just you. It's almost like you need bigs who can shoot if you're going to play a guard that can't shoot. So I don't know, man. I uh, I I'm just much more. I'm criticizing the fit more than I am criticizing the player. I think Queen's great. It's a big get for Kevin Willard. I'm very curious to see what Willard does this offseason because. If he's smart, he's going to go out and get shooting, and that's all he's going to prioritize. And maybe the team can turn around. We'll see. I would have loved Queen at Houston. It would have been a perfect fit. Yeah, literally. Perfect fit. And that's, I mean, respect. Kid stays home. Respect. But I'm also sick and tired of watching, like, prestigious recruits hurt their careers by choosing schools that are bad fits for them. We've seen that a, a ton in this conference this year, and it's really frustrating me. Hate it. Yeah. All right. Uh, congrats, Maryland, though. Big win for the Terps. Would love if the Terps are good again. It would be great for this conference. Have an extra cup of coffee today, Kevin Willard. You earned it. Uh, there's been rumors that Sean Miller is interested in the Ohio State job, not just interested in the Ohio State job. There have been rumors that he is the next head coach at Ohio State and that this is as done as Ed Cooley to Georgetown was last year. If you remember the Ed Cooley rumors and how they heated up for the final month of the season. Um, there was very loud speculation that an under wraps deal had already been agreed to, but they weren't going to announce it until after Cooley's season at Providence was done. Uh, I don't think like casual fans could not tell if it was real or not. Message boards went wild about it. I think there were probably some media members in the know about what was happening. Do you remember Ed Cooley listed his house with about a month left in the season? That was ominous. I don't know what's going to happen with Sean Miller. I believe strongly from people in the know and just speculation over the last couple of months. It has long been rumored that Sean Miller would take a Big Ten job if it came open. And by a Big Ten job, I mean Ohio State. I mean Michigan. I mean Illinois. Not that they're going to fire Brad Underwood, but it's long been speculated if any of those jobs came open, he would immediately leave Xavier for them. Do you believe this report that there's a silent agreement on this or no? I, I believe it because I just think like the, the fit makes sense to me. Like it, it, I think that Sean Miller one was always taking the Xavier job just to kind of get back in. And like, at, he was using it as a stepping stone for something bigger. And I think that Ohio state is the type of job that could open up for him. That would be good for him. And I, I would bank on him having success at, at Ohio state and I think if from Ohio State standpoint, you got to be pretty ecstatic because we talked about like what the coaching pool, the coaching carousel looks like this season, right? 
when we talk about it, Sean Miller's name is brought up in a lot of those conversations on what team he could possibly go to. And even inside the own Big Ten Conference, there's all this speculation that Michigan could be open, Indiana could be open, uh, and then obviously Ohio State could be and did become open. So, you know, by Ohio State being the first chess piece to move, they might have got a head start and might be able to secure the guy that maybe other schools wanted. I know you you and I have talked about, like, you would love if Michigan got Sean Miller, you know, that that might not happen now because one, they might not fire Juwan and two, because Ohio state fired Holtman first, they got the leg up on it and got things going. Yeah. This is why you do the in season firing. If this is what comes to fruition, right? Because you secure one of the best candidates available before another school can. Um, If that is what happened here, I give Ohio state as a university, a bunch of credit for it because to me, Sean Miller, if not the very top name you could hire is in the top three. Like and that's that's speculating other guys that may not even be interested in leaving their jobs would be ahead of him. Um, look, I believe Sean Miller is one of the very best coaches in this game. There are obviously some scandalous issues with his past and what he got in trouble with with NCA rules at Arizona. The reality of this is, the things that he was involved in are now legal. So, like, there, it's not like there's a coach where you have moral dilemmas, should you hire this guy or not. Sean Miller built really successful basketball teams long before this was the way college basketball is. I think Sean Miller would immediately win games at whatever Big Ten school he's at, whether that's Michigan, whether it's Illinois, or it sounds like it's going to be Ohio State. Uh, you compare it to the guys I thought they might hire. I thought it might be Lamont Paris. I thought – um I forget who we said the other big candidates. I thought they might honestly have Thad or Chris Mack on the list. Sean Miller's by far the best coach of that group to me. Like he will. It wasn't. It wasn't was was Cronin actually on that list? We talked about Cronin, but it sounds like Cronin's angling for other jobs. Um, that, okay, this is annoying me though because you brought up a really good candidate outside of Lamont Paris. Maybe it was Mack. I think I had Mack, Mack, Mata, uh, Sean Miller. And Lamont Paris were the four. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. But I like of that four to me, Sean Miller is the highest ceiling. Like I, I won't be surprised whatsoever if Sean Miller nails his first portal class, starts landing five stars, and they're in the final four in two years. Like Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. And keep and keep Diebler. Yeah. He's he, Sean Miller's that good. I also feel bad for Xavier fans. Really bad for Xavier fans. Do you though? Should we? Yeah, because like he used this as a stepping stone twice now. That's brutal. It is, but also like they made their own bed in yeah, this. Yeah, but this is like the the fans didn't, right? Like this would be yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. This yeah. would be like Jawan Howard leaves and oh my god, like we we hired Beeline back. Can you believe it? We got Beeline back. Oh my god. And then the very first summer after that he leaves to coach the Timberwolves. Like that's just a slap in the face. Yeah, okay. I guess I guess it's kind of true in that. And in this and also like same state too. Yeah. So like <laughs> like anything he was doing, like the gain traction in Ohio recruiting, like he's taking guys from Zay- like that. Yeah, I, I I guess I could I could see it is tough for for Xavier fans in that case. But like like you said, if this unfolds the way it should, Ohio State just put up a ten out of ten performance on how to like you know move on from old coach who's struggling and then you know get your guy. Let's say just pure guessing game speculation project the next 10 years of big 10 basketball for me power rankings matt painters at purdue the whole time brad underwood's at illinois five more years and then there's a change tom Izzo's at michigan state five more years and then there's a change indiana hires dusty may michigan hires lamont paris ohio state hires sean miller Power rank those six programs over the next six years for me. Or sorry, ten years. Yeah, the ten years that makes a difference right there. Yep. Um I would go Purdue one, because painters there the whole time. I go Purdue at one. I would go. Honestly, I think the fall off after Izzo and Underwood is gonna be is gonna be tough. So I think you get to give me 10 years of Ohio State, Sean Miller, I'd go there. And then I would probably go, I'd probably go 
Illinois, Michigan State, Indiana. And then Michigan last. Yeah. That is my exact order as well. Wow. Nailed that. Uh, which is to say, terrified of Sean Miller, Ohio State. Terrified. And extremely terrified of Sean Miller, Ohio State. Also, I, you know, maybe it'll make me proud of my Buckeyes again. Oh, you're going to pull that move on me, aren't you? I did say if they hire Sean Miller, I'm a fan. So. You did. So, like, so welcome. Ah, tough. Okay, final topic today. We want to go back to our bracket matrix game, a.k.a. Uh, what is the perfect path? This time we're going to play Kentucky. So this is after Kentucky's loss to LSU. According to Bracket Matrix, as of today, it's Thursday morning when we're recording this. Kentucky is the final five seed. We have had some movement since we did this for Purdue, Michigan State, and Illinois. This should make it more fun. It won't just be the same teams. So we're going to go through line by line. There's no crazy upsets. It's just the teams play to their seed lines. But what is the draw that if we saw this draw for Kentucky, we would immediately write their name in, in the final four and feel great about it. Uh, Kentucky is a five seed. So the 12 seeds, they could potentially play in the first round. Indiana state McNeese, the geese, South Florida, Appalachian state, which one of those is the perfect draw? Uh, South Florida has to be South Florida. They're easily the least dangerous of those four teams. I'm, I'm so scared of the geese. I'm so scared of, um, Indiana state also scared of App state. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Robbie Avila, you don't want to see him. Uh, McNeese has a bunch of guys who can beat you, but Shahada Wells has been insane. App State had that win against Auburn that really holds up. South Florida, no disrespect to them, but um, I think by far they're the least potent. So we're with that. South Florida as 12 seed. All right, you beat the 12 seed. Now you have to play a four seed. You're an underdog this round. You could play Illinois, Auburn, Creighton, or San Diego State. I don't know if they actually could play Auburn in the second round. They'd probably split them up. But let's say for this exercise, you could choose them. Which of those four do you want to see in the second round if you're Kentucky? You I don't want to see. You don't want to see Creighton. You don't want to see Creighton. I I think it's obvious of these four. San Diego State. Nope. Who? Say it. Illinois. Oh, Gregory. Listen, man, these two teams are so similar. They don't guard. They just want to outscore you. They get out and run. Neither plays a true center half the time. The only difference is Kentucky's defense has actually taken steps forward. Talked with Brian Ralph about this on the, the recap of their LSU loss. Like the last month, Kentucky's defense has gotten twice as good metrically as it was at the beginning of the season. Illinois has not. And you're telling me in a one-game, single-game setting that's going to be played your style, run and gun, up and down, no defense, you're telling me the team with John Calipari and Rob Dillingham might be afraid of Brad Underwood? True. And, also, and, that'd be, and two-time Big Ten champion Coleman Hawkins? That'd be very fitting to the Illinois, like, draws, like, scenario, too. Like, of course, they draw Kentucky. Like, Kentucky's ceiling is Final Four. Kentucky's floor is first round loss like that's right that'd be hilarious according to bracket matrix illinois could draw dayton or clemson as a five seed or wisconsin and instead they get kentucky like that would be so illinois uh do you agree with me it's illinois though or would you make an argument for auburn creighton or san diego state mm. no i think you're probably right I, th I think illinois is probably i mean if they, if they want to play up and down run and gun and i think that they can do that with the best of teams. Yeah. Illinois is obviously very good, by the way. That's not to say Illinois is a worse team than some of those, but I think they just play a right into actually I want to change my answer. They play right into Kentucky style, man. It's best on best. Are you sure they don't want San Diego State? Yeah. It's best on best. It's best on best. Okay. All right. I'll pull rank. I'm all right. San Diego State's defense is tough, man. I'm just saying Ladie would kill that front court. Kill him. Yeah, true. Good point. And kill them. Uh, okay. Moving on. Now they have to play a one seed. So we've got uh, South Florida into Illinois, the one seed. Purdue, UConn, Houston, or Arizona? Hmm. Okay. So obviously not Purdue. They don't want anything to do with Edie. It probably, I think, it, would it be Houston? 
Houston scares me. Houston Just, scares me, but I'm I'm a, I'm of the belief that I don't want this team to play. I want them to play the least dominant front court. All the one seeds are really tough to me. I'll go wherever you want to go with this. I think I want to go Houston. The thing that scares me about Houston is I think Kentucky would just get out efforted on the glass the whole game. Grown, grown ass men, tough dudes that are just banging against against a bunch of kids against Reed Shepard and Rob Dillingham who are ball watching. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't even matter if Houston misses shots. They just rebound their shots and go right through them. So like, to me, I, so, I think you want to play with your food a little bit, which means you could get Arizona and hope you bait Caleb Love into a game. Or Gregory, I think I, I was just about to say, are we are are we sure that they don't want Purdue? That's the one you could talk me into because at the end of the day, this game, yes, it would be Zach Eady versus nobody. It would also be Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard against Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer. Uh, yeah, and, and Antonio Reeves versus Lance Jones. So what what would the answer be for Edie though? Like, uh, rotate seven footers on them, and they all have fifteen fouls combined between. That's them? that's the thing is Kentucky actually has the big bodies to throw at Edie. On uh, you know big U. They go like he's, and if he's, if they if they want to go small ball too, you could bench the centers and Edie has to step out and guard. Shit, play play Trey Mitchell at the five. I I do kind of like that, and I think and I think that you know, I if if you know, Payne would probably go Gillis against Adu at the four, but like you know, Adu could get stuff against TKR. Am I like okay? No, it's Purdue. It's well, we, Purdue. Well, we say the way to beat Purdue is drop coverage, hunt drop coverage. Yeah. You, don't, you don't think Rob Dillingham and DJ Wagner and Antonio Reeves and Reed Shepard are killing drop coverage? Like, I, it's I, Purdue. Right. Holy, holy shit, it's Purdue. I can't believe we just got to this point. Wow, okay. Uh, that leaves you in an Elite Eight matchup. You just ran through the two best teams in the Big Ten. And the, the teams you could play in the Elite Eight, you have one of eight teams. You could get Tennessee, North Carolina, Kansas, Marquette, or the three seeds, Alabama, Iowa State, Baylor, or Duke, who would Kentucky want to see in the Elite Eight? So I'm just going to throw out the first team that came to my mind that when you listed that, I want to say Baylor. They're one of two that came to mind for me. Give me the pitch for Baylor. So I just think that I, I've come to grips with the fact that I just think that this Baylor defense is never going to be it, and the offense isn't as good as it was early on in the season. Agree with that completely. Um, I think we're going to settle on Baylor as our answer. My backup answer for this, a team Kentucky lost to, Kansas Jayhawks. Hmm. Talk to me on that. Make the game 13 on 5. Kentucky's the deepest team in the country with playable talent. Kansas is the shallowest team in the country with playable talent. It's their fourth game in two weeks, the second game of a back-to-back. Yes, it's Bill Self versus Cal. It's also a revenge game because Kentucky was hunking Kansas early in the Champions Classic before they let it slip. You would hope at the end of the year Kentucky's a better version of themselves. They've all grown up a little bit, and they're licking their chops at that matchup. Hunter Dickinson is a killer. You'd have to deal with Hunter, but the same way we said with Edie, you could throw multiple bigs at him. Um, the reality is, I don't know. I I just think it would be 13 on five. I think you'd be fresh. You could you could literally, I wouldn't be shocked if Cal was like, let's pick up full court and get in these dudes' heads. I think it could work. I like that. I think I'm leaning Baylor still, but if it was Kansas, I'm telling you exactly how this game would end. Hunter Dickinson would have 25. Kevin McCullough had 27. Johnny Furphy would have 13. No other player would have over seven. And Kentucky would win. I think I agree with you. But, okay, so we'll lock in Baylor. So the perfect draw for the Kentucky Wildcats is South Florida, Illinois, Purdue, Baylor. A tough-ass path. That is a tough path. It ran through the Big Ten quickly. Uh, I really would. If that is the bracket, I would pick Purdue. Or, sorry, I would pick Kentucky to the Final Four. Would you? 
No. Where would you have them losing? My line and I are getting to a second weekend. Damn oh, it. come on. Come on. I mean, I hope it happens, but if they draw Kentucky, I can't pick Kentucky fast enough. I'm sorry. I just can't. Uh, one big thing presented by Big B. Good week this week, Hart. What do you got? Uh, my one big thing is that I know we did a positivity week this thing, uh, this week, and I think we did a good job of it. But once again, I'm going to end the week with this positive note. I really enjoy doing this. I really enjoy watching hoops. I really enjoy talking about hoops. I enjoy the positive feedback. I even enjoy the negative feedback at that. I truly do. Um, so appreciate everyone that watches and all that. We're going to try not to end every Friday episode with like the sentimental moment, but I do find myself getting to the end of the week after we've done like all our recordings and we've got on zoom talked about teams across the country. Uh, I always feel good. I always enjoy it for the good, for worse, whatever it is. I love this Logitech webcam. I love my Yeti snowball too. I love my Amazon ring light and I love my 2015 MacBook pro that has somehow lived through my college years and all the illegal things that I have downloaded on here. Only illegal streams. Don't come after me, FBI. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that energy. What an end of positivity week. Uh, I, I love you, Cart. I really do. And I love to see you happy, my friend. Uh, I would like to end positivity week with an apology for the fact that our audio cut out on yesterday's episode. Don't know what happened there. Technical difficulties. think that's the first time that's happened since we've moved to daily episodes. So apologies for anybody who was disrupted. You can still go back and watch the full uh, segments from Thursday's episode on our YouTube channel. For whatever reason, the audio worked there. just didn't work on the show. That's on me. Hand up. Been making mistakes. Want to end this though, Cart. Oh, you got something? You did it on purpose, didn't you? I did not do it on purpose. I swear. I'm not that devious. Uh, Last note I want to end on truly on a note of positivity is uh, we did our fortune cookie segment earlier this week. And I just want to say, I'm I'm banking on this right now. We're both due for some good fortune soon. Because behind the scenes, we both had some adversity this week in a variety of ways. And I'm proud of us for powering through. I'm proud of the product we put out on a daily basis. We have our March plan set. We have a roster built. We know what we're doing. I'm extremely excited. We're going to crush it. It's going to be fun. And uh, for some reason, we're due. I believe we're like Matt Painter. We're due. I think this could be it for us. I want to. I want to get hot. I want to stay hot. Got to get hot to stay hot. Let's get hot. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you next week.